0: It was probably the most gratifying, emotional few minutes or seconds in my life.
1: The morale of Fairbury was electric. Businesses were putting signs out front. People were having garage sales. It's an incredible time. It's the most special time of year.
0: There's so many people that make it happen.
1: You said it's an event. It's not just an event. It's the biggest event in Fairbury. Easy.
0: We had 29 vendors on the grounds for the PDC, and they grossed $1 million in cash sales for two nights. You know, the night that we put the press release out, there was a lot of people in Fairbury that were mad at me. For what they thought I did, what I you know was going to do, they thought that I had an ulterior motive. He passed away of a massive heart attack in his office that that morning. You know, I had everything going for me, but when they wanted to do this, I'm like, man, I'm like, I really don't want to you know see Fairbury in the hands of somebody else. You know, that's honest truth.
1: No doubt the biggest draw to Fairbury, Illinois is dirt track racing. And when you're talking about dirt track racing, you're talking about my guest today, Matt Curl. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. It's an honor.
0: I appreciate it. Uh, It's uh, something I've been wanting to do for a long time is catch up with you, a big fan, and uh, looking forward to a great day today.
1: Hey, the feeling is mutual. I'm a big fan of yours. You've done some incredible stuff. Everyone in the town of Fairbury let's be honest, everyone in the surrounding area and within Dirt Track Racing knows your name. It's incredible what you've done. In the past few years, you're the owner, if I understand correctly, the owner of the Fairbury Speedway, which is home to the Prairie Dirt Classic, which is this massive Dirt Track Racing event. Before we get into all that, how about you just let us know, I mean, it was in 2018 that you took over this whole gig. What's it been like these past few years? Well, it's been, a uh, it's been
0: really busy. Uh, we've, uh, We've done a lot of things in just three and a half years since we took over ownership of the Fairbury Speedway. And we've uh, had a goal of a five-year plan of kind of getting our feet under the ground and, you know, get rolling with some big events and kind of laying out our future plan. And we've kind of hit those. uh, COVID kind of took a little bit of a... Uh, time away from us for us to do some things, but we didn't stop there, and we've been super busy, and we're kind of getting to that point now here where we're just a couple steps away from kind of the, the long term future. So uh, there's not been any dull moments since uh, since the end of eighteen season. Uh, uh, you know, I've been in Fairbury all my entire life, so it's uh, something I love, something I get up every morning motivated to do. And uh, when you can have something like the Fairbury Speedway to go to every day, you're uh,
1: definitely smiling ear to ear. Mm-hmm. How long have you been interested in dirt track racing? Because they don't just give the ownership of such a prized organization and facility to just anybody. So you must have been in this for a long time.
0: I have. Uh, people that know me know that I came from Fairbury, born and raised. I was born just a couple blocks away at the old Fairbury Hospital. Uh, my grandparents, my parents, uh, all from Fairbury area, we have kind of born and raised I uh, grew up. My mom took me out to the races when I was just a, a little pee wee out there, and uh, we grew up at the racetrack. Uh, so every Saturday night in the summer, we'd go out and watch the races and hang out. And as I got older and older, I just I loved what it it was. Uh, anybody in Fairbury has been around the races if they've lived there their entire life because it's been there forever. Um, I'm I'm not the uh, only person to ever you know be hands on with the race program. There's been a lot of people involved since. Uh, 1946 really when the racetrack really started but 1921 and and even before when you know, the grandstands are now 140 years old plus <laughs> the fair's 146 annual was this year or 446 edition so um but growing up it was the it was the races and uh, my brother jeff and i we went out there mike norris who's now the announcer for the Race speedway we we sat on the backstretch and we uh we just enjoyed the races growing up and then we Gradually got more and more invested in the Speedway, and uh, it was kind of history once we got in and was able to work a little bit with it, so it's been
1: a wild ride. Try to explain for someone like me in the audience who aren't avid race fans, or maybe to the ones that are, why, what's so cool about it? It's loud, it's exciting, but why did you like it? It's really, I would think it's the action, really. the ra- ra-
0: If you're a race fan, or even not race fan, Fairbury kind of offers something that a lot of tracks don't. We, we're kind of a small racetrack, and when there's a small racetrack, there's a lot of action. So you get some, you know, you get some rubbing, you get some banging, um, you get a little testy here and there. Cars get wrecked pretty easy. Fenders get blown off, all that good stuff. So uh, it's easy to get caught up in the action. And when you do, you're kind of you you, you kind of taste a Kool Aid, and then you know you're there. And so that was the case with me. You know, you grow up in, at a young age and you go out there every Saturday night and my grandma would take Jeff and I to the local Dairy Queen and we watched the haulers come by, you know, and we just get excited and then she'd take us out. So it was that way with a lot of kids. And um, as I grew up and we, and we got older and we were able to be a part of the Speedway and work as part of it, you know, we saw so many... Uh, people that were there that they put their heart and soul into it and uh, it just kind of grew and grew and and so but even back when I was going through junior high and high school I always wanted to be a part of the speedway and uh, little did I know you know <laughs> uh, you know to, let's fast forward all the way to really the fall of 2012 was kind of the big shift in my direction uh, in my career uh, so it, about a decade ago is when I really shifted into where I'm at today and but if it wasn't for my grandma and grandpa um, and my parents and, and so forth, uh my stepdad was a past member of the fair board. If it wasn't for them to really allow me to be out there every Saturday night and be a part of things, uh, I'm not sure where we would be today, but I'm kind of glad we are.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Man, you've got to be – you must have been ecstatic when the position was offered to you in 2018.
0: Well, um, that really – that was a different situation. Um, it kind of reverted back to, uh, the fall of 2012. Um, I was part of the Speedway just working as one of the officials, uh, director of competition up in the tower. Um, just, just one of their employees and, um, Rusty Allen, who was the past promoter of the Fairbury Speedway, uh, he had became ill and so he couldn't continue his promotional duties. So um, anybody that really didn't know the organizational um, of the Fairbury Fair, they ran the fair and the races for a number of years. The Fairbury Fra- Fair did, like correct. the fair yes. board. Yes, this group of yeah, yeah a bunch correct. of ladies. <laughs> yeah, it w- yeah, it wasn't all ladies. There were some. Uh, oh, were there? The, yeah, there were Sorry. some. Sorry, they're yeah. gonna watch this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. My bad. <laughs> no, absolutely. So the uh, Fairbury American Legion, John Jota Post, they own the Fairbury Fair Corporation. So the legion owned the fair corporation. The fair ran the fair, and then they run the ra- They ran the races for the forever, and that's kind of how I got into it is the fairborn members would come out, they donate their time, and then we would help them out, and then they would hire officials, and uh, they hired Rusty Allen as a promoter, and then um, then Rusty would kind of put a, together a race committee and and kind of run the races. But it kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger, and um, I became uh, back in 2000, the fall of 2012, Rusty got sick and he couldn't do anymore. And Jim Shear was the, uh, he was the president of the fair board at the time. And he, he called me and uh, he said, Hey, do you mind coming over to his insurance office in forest? And so I and said, "You I, don't
1: know why he just, he just, called." well, I mean,
0: I was in, I was part of the races, um, you know, I had built the steps to get there. I was kind of ambitious. Um, I really felt like I had a great head on my shoulders. I understood the industry, but I just never had that shot. You know, Rusty was, he's a pass driver. He's been in there. I mean, I'd been in almost every position you could have done at the Fairbury speedway leading up to 2012. I flagged, um, I driven a race car. Um, I've worked as an official. Um, I volunteered my time in a number of capacities with the ground. So, um, but I didn't really kind of know what direction they were going. I knew he was getting sick. I didn't know how sick he was, and he eventually ended up passing away. And and he was a fantastic part of the Fairbury Speedway. But in in November of 2012, um, Jim called me over. I sat down across from you know just like him. He was at his desk, and he goes, "I want you to be the next promoter of the Fairbury Speedway." And I was like, "Wow, that's that's big. That's pretty big, you know." And he goes, uh, you know, we've all seen it for a number of years coming down the path. You know, you've done everything you, you know, you've helped out in every capacity. You got a great head on your shoulders. And uh, so I said, well, you know, this is a this is a big deal here because Fairbury, you know, we had through the 2000s, Fairbury's always had great racing. You know, we've always were considered one of the good tracks in the country. You know, we, we had a good race in the Praetor Classic. It was always kind of a regional race at the time but we had good racing and it was a good platform to race weekly and it had it it was it wasn't above a lot of tracks but it wasn't below it was kind of just you know right down the middle there and we had a good name for ourselves and stuff and so in the fall of 2012 uh, when Jim called I sat there and I said well I need to I need to talk to the family a little bit and um, so I went home and talked to the wife and and, uh, at the time I was the general manager of the Indy Creek golf course. So right to the South of the speedway is where I worked full time. I was a general manager of the Indy Creek country club. And so the promoter of the February speedway wasn't a full-time gig, you know, you worked, it, w- it kind of was, but it wasn't in essence of, of like pay and, and hours, you know, it was, you worked on Saturdays, but there's a lot of behind the scenes work that went Monday through Saturday. And so, um, wife, uh, she's been fantastic. She, she said, if this is what you want to do, you know, go for it. So uh, we made a decision um, to put me in that position. And uh, that was really the start. I mean, he he gave me my break. And I can tell you, if it wasn't for that meeting, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Mm -hmm. And um, so we went right at it. And Jim told me, he goes, I want the biggest and best race in the country at Fairbury. How do I get it? I said, I won't let you down. I was like, I can, I can make that happen. I said, it's going to take some time, but I feel like the people that we can surround with good people, uh, we can have the community buy into it, that I feel like that we can get there.
1: Really quick, before we move yeah. on, this is exciting. Yeah. Just to clarify, Jim is what? What's his position? He
0: was the president of the Fairboard at the time in 2000 in fall of 2012
1: and thus the president of the racetrack as well
0: correct so he was the lead grant booba you know he was the fair board president he then had committees the race committee the fair committee but he was the go-to guy of the fair board in 2012 so when okay. rusty pat when rusty got sick then he hired me in 12 to promote the Fair Race speedway
1: and as a promoter your role you're not the owner or anything nope
0: had no 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 um ownership stake um, I was paid weekly $150 to Ooh. promote the track, so it wasn't it wasn't a lot of money, but right. I did it. And, and honestly, the fair board never got paid anything either. The fair board were all volunteers. So Jim was volunteer. All the other fair board, uh, other fair board members were volunteer, and they would come out and they would take tickets and they would do security and you know. So they were volunteer. They were just nice
1: people that like racing, and that's how and Fairbury
0: really got to get to that point was they had people bought if if they were buying into it you know they were buying into it for a number of years and so there's a lot of different board members that came and you know that that come and gone, um but jim was a per was the uh, the fair board president at that time and we got we were we just hit it off really well i mean i always knew jim jim was i felt like a really good leader he had he was really into the fair but he kind of let the race committee do the race stuff so we went to work right away Um, after he hired me and Gunnar Sullivan, who now works for me full time, um, he was part of the race committee and we went to, he kind of did some marketing and sponsorship stuff back, back in 2000, started in 2012 with me. And we went to the, uh, PRI show over in Indianapolis. And our first step that we did was sit down with Tom Deary and Tim Christman from the world of outlaws and said, we need to have a major event in our speedway. And we weren't sanctioned by any national event at the time. There's typically, there, well, nowadays there's two national touring series. There's the World of Outlaws and there's the Lucas Oil Series. Those two series have the best drivers in the country. They share the biggest names. So if you're wanting to get anywhere in this world, you're going to need one of those two to sanction your major event. So we sat down with Tom and Tim, and uh, for the first 20 Twenty-two years, twenty-three years, it had been an unsanctioned regional show with no spot, with no sanctioning body behind it.
1: So it's like it's a lot like in college sports, Division One sports. You got the Pac-12, you got the Big Ten, yeah. and if you try to throw a tournament for any sport that's not associated with any of those, it's an open tournament. It yeah. gets no coverage. It, it, it gets it gets lower coverage. You right? Know, you can
0: still have good races, but it's not going to draw in national drivers. And at the time, you know, listening to our fans, they were just they were just like man, we got such a good thing here. How come we can't get all the big, big drivers? So we sat down with Tim and Tom that, at the uh, show in Indianapolis, and we had a really good two- or three-hour meeting. Typically, the PDC always was in on Labor Day weekend. Every year It was on Labor Day weekend. And I truly felt that for us to have a national event, we need to pull away from a holiday weekend. We needed to almost make our own holiday. <laughs> mm-hmm. So fortunately, the World Outlaws had – The last weekend in July, it was a perfect match with them, with us leading up to Cedar Lake, which was another good race they had on their schedule. And we kind of made it a summer classic and, um, the pro Dirt classic name started in 2000 or excuse me, 1990 was the first pro Dirt classic. And we kept everything, um, the name and, and the tradition only we moved the date. So now we have like a summer date where there's no school. There's, you know, no holiday, and we could build off that. So, we came out of that meeting in Indianapolis in 2012, fall of 2012, with a new date for the PDC uh, first ever twenty thousand a win show, and it had so much hype. I mean, the fans were like busting out of the seams, uh, and really, we could see where the light was going and where the direction was going from that meeting in December, and that wasn't until July of the next year in 13. So. Things were starting to evo- you know, evolve pretty fast.
1: And so what the world of outlaws was doing for you was basically getting your name out there and associating the Prairie Dirt Classic with their name, which has so much credibility. So everyone sees it and then the uh, the big time drivers that everyone in Fairbury and the surrounding areas are wanting to come, they're like, Well, if they're yeah. at the World of Outlaws, I'm in. Yeah. What was the cash prize before this? Ten thousand
0: uh, to win and twelve, twenty thousand is what we started with. In 2013, a two-day twenty thousand a show, and this last year it was fifty thousand to win with a fifty thousand dollar bonus, which Brandon won. So the winner took him a hundred grand.
1: Oh my word! So just in
0: a decade, we were able to take it to that. But getting back to 2013, that was the I mean twenty thousand for a two-day show is as big as they get. So we had put our footprint on the map, and our name was out there. We still hadn't had the race yet but everybody was gearing up for the world of outlaw pdc something we hadn't had in july you know just how would it take you know how would it kind of evolve how would it it turn out and uh so we built and built and built that you know through the spring and we got into summer and Everybody was hyped up. The fair board was really excited to, you know, take that weekend and 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 see where it went. And we were growing. and our 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 ticket sales were good. Our camping was going really good. And we felt like it was going to be a great event. It was going to be a moneymaker for the Fairbury Speedway, Fairbury American Legion Speedway, at the time. And um, we were just, you know, looking at the world of outlaw drivers, and we're gaining our driver's list, and it was getting as huge as it could. You know, it was just, it was it was gearing up to be a unbelievable weekend and uh and then everybody's heart stopped
1: If you've been living with an aching back, debilitating imbalances, or any physical discomfort and just want to get back to living a fit and happy life, look no further than In Motion Fitness Center and Outpatient Therapy at Fairview Haven in Fairbury, Illinois. Our highly skilled therapy team will guide you through proven and effective exercises to help you regain your strength, movement, and mobility, all with our renowned level of love and care. Live your best life. Call our therapy team at 815-692-6724. To find out how we can serve you today.
0: One week to the one week prior to the Predator Classic, uh, my wife and I were expecting our first baby, our first and only baby, and we were down in Bloomington, and um, I got a phone call from Mike Norris, and he said that Jim Shear passed away. He passed away of a massive heart attack in his office that that morning.
1: The president of the whole operation
0: passed away in a blink of an eye, uh, the leader of the speedway, the leader of the fair, um, everyone's leader out there. Um, someone I, you know, looked up to and, you know, I knew what, what he gave me that opportunity. And in a blink of an eye, he was gone. And more than anything, I was, I mean, I was sad. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I'm an emotional guy anyway. I mean, I care for a lot of people. I don't hold grudges. I mean, I just, um, you know, a guy and his dogs out here on the road. And I'm like, man, I wish he had a better life, you know, and that's who I am. But in that moment there, I really, uh, really kind of had to dig deep to pull out of that one because, um, we had done all this work and he was so excited and he's, he wasn't going to see any of it and he wasn't going to get to see anything that we built. And, um, you know it was tough. Uh, I can remember going out to the fairgrounds at night when we got home from our our doctor's appointment, and the rest of the fair board was just in disbelief. Um, Jim had so much information that he had, so much uh, things that he had on his plate that he had ordered or you know had in place for the PDC and the fair, and we just all kind of sat there and were like just just didn't know what direction to go. And this was one week before. <laughs> the biggest race that Fairbury, you know, was going to have in its history to the time. And so, uh, we just dug deep, you know, we, we dug deep. Um, the team came together at the time. Uh, we, we didn't really, um, have time to do a whole lot and to think a whole lot, but there was a lot of things that were unknown. Jim had things that he didn't share with us just because that's what leaders do. You know, I mean, bosses have stuff and, And uh, so we had to make calls and we had to make sure we had stuff covered up. So we took Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you know, we just took all those dates and we uh, prepared for what we were going to get into. And, and, you know, we we wanted to, after the first couple of days, really kind of cleared off and we could, you know, try to get ourselves regrouped and composed. You know, everybody wanted to do it for Jim then. You know, we wanted to represent him and make him proud. And, you know, I still do that to the day, but, you know, when we're, you know, just an emotional wreck, um, we get into, you know, we get into that week and we open the gates up on Wednesday and people are coming in and then we get weather and something, you know, we've been truly blessed on with the PDC is, is that the weather has been pretty good and we've been very lucky and it rained on Thursday and it rained, all the way through Friday morning. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I mean, honestly, you know, the call on the weekend was a team effort, but they leaned on me as a promoter to make sure that I gave them the information they needed. And so as we're going through the afternoon, I just, I just didn't know. I mean, it was kind of one of the first times, I mean, I hadn't even really, I just got into promoting, you know, literally hired the year before, and now we're getting up to our biggest season, and it's been raining all morning. And so took a deep breath.
1: And the races go Friday evening to Saturday night. Yeah,
0: so we have two nights of racing. We have a preliminary night on Friday night where we do racing, and then we come back on Saturday and race Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, and it was, it was messy. <laughs> it was wet out, raining out. You know, it was just one of those weekends. But I went out and talked to the track crew. And they said, well, we're not, you know, we, we still feel like we have, you know, a little bit of time left that we're we're not out of the, you know, we're, we haven't, we're not dooms yet. And uh, so we kind of held my composure there, held my composure. And about four thirty, five o'clock on the afternoon, we looked to the west and you could see the sun start coming up underneath the, underneath the clouds. You know, the rain had stopped. And, you know, we, of course... Every day now, promoters have a phone in their hand, looking at the weather to see what it's going to do. Back then, it wasn't quite so prominent. Uh, but after checking things out, we made the decision that we we're going to move forward. And we spent a long time working on the racetrack. It was delayed a little bit getting on it on Friday night, but um, Jim Jim made it happen. You know, he he made the sun come out, and uh, we got Friday night in. And Saturday night's races were unbelievable. Um, the three wide finish coming to the checkers on the hundredth lap was what February got to kickstart what, where I'm at today, where Fairbury speedway is today. Mm. And, uh, from there it's kind of downhill, you know, it, it showed the country that February should be on a national stage, a lot of people around our area that came to Racing Weekly never thought that Fairbrake could go 100 laps without rubber nut, meaning the track would be one groove and no pass and no excitement. Mm-hmm. Well, we went 100 laps, and not only do we go 100 laps, but it came out of the final corner, and that's kind of been our our uh, MO for Fairbrake Speedway is that it's produced some of the best and incredible 100-lap features in the history of dirt track racing, and... And so we're really proud of that, but that's that's how it got started. That's wow. how the PDC started. Um, you know, adversity, excitement, tears, and uh, <laughs>
1: What a first year for you. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. And after the PDC got over, um we couldn't really do, you know, we couldn't keep our heads down or anything because the fair follows the PDC a couple weeks after. So for people that are involved with the fair and the races, which the fair board was at the time, they were they were spread thin just from the week of racing, but then they had to turn around and work the fair for two weeks. Hmm. So uh, um, it was a it was a it was a tough year, but a good year. It's
1: almost know. like God was testing you, seeing hey <laughs> if you make it through all these trials and tribulations, you're going to be set up for success later on. It's kind of like a weird way that life works. The more adversity you persevere through, the better equipped you are to have success later on. It's really incredible to hear that story. You had Jim pass away, who is a friend and a, the biggest component of that whole operation. You have the weather not easing up until the very last second. You have to make massive decisions everyone's kind of counting on you for. The stress had to be unreal. And then you, did you have your then your kid that? So I had her in October. Oh, okay. Or, I'm sorry. We we had her in June.
0: So Jessalyn's, uh nine now. So she was born... Um, June 6th of 2013 so we had her that summer so she was just a little baby then right so having her and and I mean it it was it was an emotional year I mean like you said all that together though really allowed us to kind of be stronger going forward if that makes sense that makes perfect sense you know so you know after we had the incredible finish in 13 we, you know, we followed up with an incre- incredible finish in 14 and 15, and there I don't I don't ever do anything for accolades. You know, I don't do anything for trophies or awards. I mean, that that's a byproduct of the support system you're in, the team you're in, you know, and the decisions you make. You know, so they just they come with a job. But we we were a three time national race of the year in 13, 14, and 15. And so from the Praetor Classic. So when you can put that on your resume of being able to produce those shows, that just shows how strong the team was, how good we have from our track prep to our fair board to you name it. We had, we had a great team and it was as strong as anywhere in the country. February had taken us from just that kind of camouflaged into just won the tracks around the country. And we put it, we put it ahead of people and, um, so we just kept building from there, you know. So it just year after year through 13, 14, to 15, uh, 16 was another good year. Um, but and, and one thing is you can't always have national race of the year. You know, you can have great races, and we have. Our Prairie Dirt Classics have never been duds. So no matter if you have a last lap finish – or whatever. Statistically, the, the the racing has always been fantastic at Fairbury throughout the weekend. So that's why people have kind of continued to build and build and build on coming, is because at the end of the day, true race fans want to see great racing all weekend. You know, not just one part of it. They want to see it all all weekend. You know, they want to have a great weekend. They want to be able to tailgate. And what better way than for Fairbury to start opening their arms and being a part of it than us getting bigger and bigger at the racetrack? Fairbury was kind of like we're we're gonna kind of open our arms up more and more and more to welcome people in from all around the country into the small town of February.
1: You certainly had a growth mindset in that whole endeavor. And one thing you said was you don't do things for the accolades, for the trophies. You work incredibly hard. So I've got to ask, why do you do the things you do? Fairbury Furniture is Central Illinois' premier furniture store. This family-owned business offers a vast selection of premium furniture items from all of your favorite brands, including Sealy, Best Home Furnishings, Leather Italia, Tempur-Pedic, and Ashley, just to name a few. And right next door to their gorgeous 7,000-square-foot furniture showroom, you will find the Fairbury Furniture Mattress Store, home to all of the latest and greatest mattresses in any and all sizes. Also inside Fairbury Furniture is the popular WC Market, a beloved shop that offers an ever-changing selection of unique gifts and fashionable home decor. Here at Fairbury Furniture, the staff is always helpful and friendly, and they are well-stocked with all the mattresses, tables, chairs, recliners, couches, and decorative pillows that your heart desires. So make your home interior beautiful, comfortable, stylish, and delightful when you shop at Fairbury's own Fairbury Furniture. Come on down to Fairbury Furniture where the furniture rocks.
0: If you're a promoter like I am, I mean, that's, that's honestly my job title, I'm a promoter. I promote events for people's entertainment. So it's a different type of business. You know, I mean, this year when gas got to be really high, you know, we started to see some, you know, numbers creep down a little bit because it was tougher for people to get to racetracks and spend their money that way. So you have to think outside the box. Um, I always feel like I, I don't ever go down one road. I always kind of rely on people to help me out, and you know I'll throw ideas out there and bounce them off. I have a I have a race committee that I put kind of like a private um, advisory board for the business. When I bought the Fairbury Speedway, I put this advisory board together. It has eleven people on it. Some of my best friends, some people you know that are business owners. And, so just
1: people you knew, you rounded up, and you're like, you got absolutely. a good mind. I'd like to. I have want you to be a on part this. of
0: my advisory board for my business. Are for they Fairbury, volunteers? For, all of them are. What in the world? And they all wanted to be a part of it because they only want the best for Fairbury Speedway too, and that's all I want. And so, you know, why do I do things? One, because I love Fairbury. Born and raised in Fairbury, I grew up, went to Prairie Central all my life, played sports, did everything, grew up, have a you know family there, Um, you know. So I love Fairbury. You know, I want to see it succeed. You know. Back when I was growing up, I always relied on people for, you know, can I borrow a tractor or can I, you know, get your help? And now I get to provide those resources. And that's something that's really gratifying is um, you know, people that wanna, you know, you know, I try to help them out any way I can. And so what now that I have resources to do that, I used to be the one always feel like, oh, you know, you know, people are other generous, you know, there are a lot of generous people in Fairbury. There, there are. are. That there, is I mean, for Fairbury sure. is a great community. And so I just like being a part of that, you know, being one of those people that can do that. So um, I do it because I love Fairbury. I do it because I love entertaining people. Um, The Prater Classic has had some of the best results. Now we're bringing in 7,500 to 8,000 people a year in one weekend, one night at Fairbury. And I catch myself watching the fans and not the races. I mean, I don't my job as the owner of the February speedway, I don't have to make any decisions on that weekend on the races. Cause that's what the World of outlaw does. That's why I pay them to come in and, and ha- sanction that race. So to me, I'm watching the fans on the backstretch. And when you see them get up and start cheering and waving and high fiving, I mean, like there is nothing more gratifying than to see that. And uh, we had a uh, amazing race with Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard and I missed their slide job that was heard around the world in turn four because I was watching the fans, and it was so loud. The cheering was so loud I could hear it through my headset, and I have one of the top headsets, (laughs) you know, noise muffling, you know, because of all the work I do with radios. And it was probably the most gratifying, emotional few minutes or seconds in my life is because I got choked up because every fan in that whole facility – was on their feet. And they, I knew they were going to walk home happy. They were going to leave that place happy and it was on TV. And so, you know, social media blew up and, you know, that's, that's really, you know, we've built to that point now and we're under, we're under pressure every night though. You know, I mean, Fairbury now, uh, it does not go backwards from here. You know, we're only going up and, uh, but, it was super exciting. It gives you all the pleasure in the world. So when you ask, what do you do it for? I do it for that. You know, I do it for that. And there's a lot of byproducts of that. Sure, you know, I mean, I have built a business with the Fairbury Speedway. So um, kind of getting back a little bit to the transition on how it got to the Fairbury Speedway is uh, in 2017, the Fair Board. So when Jim passed away, they uh, shifted in some um, different positions. And Leroy Rodriguez was the new president of the Fair Board. And uh, Leroy
1: does a lot of stuff. He
0: is. He, he does. does
1: a lot of stuff. I see him all the time at the fairgrounds in the golf cart. Yeah. I thought he was security. I see him working with Dave's. He's practically part a part owner or something. I don't know. Maybe he even is. Yeah. But he just does a lot of stuff. Leroy, if you're watching this, you're the man.
0: Yeah. No. He he worked and all the way up till the uh, um, end of the 18 season. And then, um, he know, he's no longer at the Speedway. Um, he, so the transition into the Fairbury Speedway went through the Legion. And so the Fairboard and, you know, there's 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 still some hard feelings out there with some people. So back in 17, Leroy and the Fairboard hired me full time. So back at the end of the 16 season, the the Fairboard came to me and says, we're getting so big with the races, we need someone to work full time. So they hired me away from the Indy Creek Country Club. And I went to work for the fair board and the Legion full-time for a year. So it was a good year. We were able to integrate, continue our success, build. And when everybody else had full-time jobs, I was able to kind of keep, um, you know, the nucleus together, promote our races, uh, work on marketing, sponsorships, you name it, you know, growth that way. So that was 17, good season. And then at the end of the 17th season, I get a call from Tom Deary from the World of Outlaws And he calls me and says, Matt, he goes, I want to hire you as a new series director of the world of outlaws. And I'm like, wow, that's like the top job. Like there is no other job in the country that was like the series director for the world of outlaws. And I was like, man, Tom, I'm like, this is a huge opportunity. And so he goes, he called me on a Wednesday and he goes, well, I need you in Charlotte on monday you know i fly to charlotte and um we had our banquet on saturday night he goes you know he sent me a package on thursday he goes i need you and i need to know what your answer is you know a couple days and then i if if it's yes i need you in charlotte on monday for 4 days to start our season and this was in november of 2017
1: Wait a minute! You just <laughs> had a kid, though, not too many years before that. Thirteen. Yep. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Thirteen. yeah. So, were, th- were you going to move?
0: Nope. So or? that one of the packages we had was, and in the package was, I could stay at, in February. I could just travel from February. So the World of Outlaws sanctioning body is home base in Concord, North Carolina, but we race all over the country. They, they didn't even race in North Carolina. That's just where Dirt Car and World Racing Group is. Just the headquarters. The yeah, headquarters. And so. We had gone through um a couple back and forth, and you know now we're sitting and we're sitting with a wife and our you know four year old daughter, and you know we're sitting there and man I'm like, I really want to follow this dream of mine, you know I mean to go from being a promoter in thirteen and fall twelve, and then now just four years later, having the opportunity to be you know one of the top people in the industry
1: and your that title of series director with the world of outlaws what would that entail just so really that quick?
0: means that i basically run all the sanctioning body for the late model series so i made all the dish decisions scoring um, schedule um, i had eight full-time people underneath me um, we had a traveling series that went around and ran all the world of all races that now come to fairbury so i mean it was a big deal i, mean, I have to
1: imagine it was a pay increase too <laughs> yeah yeah very big yeah
0: <laughs> i mean but it also was very demanding um, so we had 62 races on the schedule. Um, we went to 18 different states. Um, it was a lot of travel. And so sitting down with the wife and the daughter and, and talking about that, you know, we, I really wanted to follow a dream of doing that and being in the industry. And the the opportunity that Leroy and the fair board gave me was fantastic. And, and it was a tough decision. I mean, to for them to hire me and then just to leave one year later, I mean, that's not easy to do, um, you know. They did instill- you
1: have any feelings of guilt with that or anything?
0: I always so I didn't, and the reason I don't is because I grew up and I worked for a lot of great bosses, and I always felt like they always wanted me to always pursue and better myself and my family. So every time um, that I would work for somebody, if I had the opportunity to increase and better my family, they would be supportive. And so I just took that, I took their philosophy and I kind of instilled that in me. So I didn't really feel that way because I was bettering my, you know, and on the other hand too, I was all never going to leave Fairbury high and dry. You know, I mean, like I'm going to still live in Fairbury. I believe in Fairbury, but no one could pass up this opportunity. I mean, they, they just can't do that. And for someone that to think that you shouldn't pass up that opportunity just because, I think that's wrong, you know, so I didn't feel any guilt. I mean, I definitely wanted to work harder to make sure that they were going to be in a good spot. Um, so it was really, you know, things transpired so fast. So from getting a call on Wednesday to getting an offer on Thursday to making a decision, we had our big awards banquet uptown, the Walton center on that Saturday, our season was over. We have our big awards banquet. And so literally two o'clock that afternoon right before we went to I went up to the banquet my wife and I made the decision that I was gonna accept the offer
1: just before celebrating the season correct you you decided to I did at two o'clock
0: that afternoon I decided that I was gonna leave the Fairbury Speedway and be the next series director for the World of Outlaws and but my all intentions was and and it still was it, it still was uh I never said anything about that at that night. It wasn't about me that night. We were celebrating our season. We were celebrating our teams. We were so, so celebrating our staff. It wasn't about me. And it's never been about me. I mean, like, do, do when people really know Matt Curl, they do, I don't ever talk in an eye. I talk about our team. And in that situation there, it was all about our team that night, you know. So
1: were you thinking though in your head? Oh like, yeah. Oh, it was oh, tough boy. to go
0: through a night like that when you have your speech <laughs> ready and you're talking about the future and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that and you're like but but that's that's kinda how professional business is though. That's you right. know, what I mean that that that's professional business. And sometimes you can get clouded with hometown emotions and that's what kind of this got into a little bit. But after the whole bank was over, I pulled Leroy and, and a couple Fairborn members aside, and I just went late, and I said, I, I want to let you know that I'm going to turn in my resignation and that I'm going to, I would keep on helping you out in any way I can to be successful, but I have this opportunity I can't pass. And, of course, they were disappointed. You know, we just got off, a, you know, one year of being full-time with them, and we were looking into the future, and so that was the winter. That was November of 17, and so then... We got done at 12, that night having a great night and and enjoying the banquet Sunday packed. And I was on a plane at 6 a.m. Monday morning to head to Charlotte.
1: What did these guys say to you when you did make that, if you would care to yeah, let me know?
0: No, I mean, really it was – they were in kind of disbelief. I mean, honestly, they're like, really? No, No, you're kidding, right? Because we'd had such a successful year you know, and they did give me an opportunity. And, and honestly, you know, I, anybody in their shoes would have been the same too. And I just tried to assure them that, you know, I wasn't going to let them down, you know, that I wasn't going to, um, you know, lead them astray, but that this opportunity was, was, you know, one you can't pass up. And, and I think in the back of their mind, they understood, but I, you know, I could see how they're, you know, disappointed or maybe a little frustrated at it because they had lost, you know, someone that had, done well for them and represent them well. Mm -hmm. And this
1: was one of the two biggest, I say two, (laughs) one of the two biggest opportunities that you were striving for.
0: Correct. Yeah. I mean, to me, I didn't know what the future was going to hold, but there wasn't many things even around the country that was as big as series director for the World of Outlaws. I mean, the World of Outlaws, World of Outlaws name is, you know, synonymous for the leader, you know, for the top. Uh, they're the world, the best in the sprint cars they're the top one of the tops in the late models they have a super dirt car series and they have a weekly sanctioning body and dirt car so they are the biggest entity in dirt track racing and, and to have me as one of their series directors leading their late mile division was um, like i said is it you couldn't pass it up um, and for them to not even go through an interview process and say we want you as that guy that just instilled more into you know they believed in me and what I did. So hopped on a plane Monday morning at 6 a.m. Uh, and headed out to Charlotte and uh, was at, in the office with Brian Carter and uh, Tom Derry at 10 a.m. in the morning in Charlotte. And uh, we talked for about an hour on some little things here and there. and And they said, the series is yours.
1: Compound, located on 800 North Division Street in Chinoa, Illinois, is a wrestling training facility for youth and high school freestyle, folkstyle, and Greco-Roman wrestling. Here we are driven to teach wrestling technique to athletes who strive for the highest levels of success in this sport. Athletes from the Compound have earned gold at IKWF, IESA, and IHSA state tournaments, as well as national and international competitions, and have gone on to wrestle for Division I colleges. For gold standard wrestling education and development, come to the Compound Wrestling Training Center in Chinoa, Illinois.
0: And uh, it was incredible. It was, wow. an, it was incredible. Um, spent four days and meetings and getting to know the staff and starting to build a, you know, t- you know, when you're with the word of outlaws, it's not just one race. It's you're, you're doing 40 PDCs for the country. And so when you're the sanctioning by that, it's a lot of work. Um, what was neat about it was I was going to be able to do that a lot from home. You know, so I I built a new office. I kind of renovated my uh, room in the basement, put in a kind of like you got, you know, your home office where you could do your work and then go upstairs and, you know, hang out with the family. So and then the tough bar, so we're traveling. I mean, you would have to get on a plane on Thursday and then you wouldn't get home till Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, you know, so you were away from the family a lot. So um, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the travel. I loved talking to promoters, and it was a fantastic 2018 season, um, arguably one of the best in their storybook career of of champions. We had Mike Marlar, Chris Madden, and Brandon Shepard, and you may not know those names, but those are top names in the country, and those three drivers were part of the World of Outlaws that year. and. They came down to the last weekend to determine the champion for the World of Outlaws in 2018. So we had a fantastic season. We had fantastic drivers. The team was awesome. The stories in and out of that season were incredible. I mean, when you go on the road, you f- you see a lot of different things, and it all. I took every racetrack I went to. I took at least 50 pictures of their property, concession stands, racetrack equipment. You name it. I put it. I just built a bible put it in my brain, put it on paper, just kept building, building just for notes, not knowing where it would go, but I just kept building with that. And, uh, and the season was fantastic. So everything I could have uh, dreamed about having the opportunity from Brian and, and Tom to have my own staff and, you know, set travel. And, you know, if I needed to hop on a plane to go somewhere to put a track in for 2019, I could, you know, I had open open reins to do whatever I needed to that was best for the world of outlaws and I just that was incredible I mean (laughs) not having any ceiling on something like that and they believe in you and and one of the things I told Brian and Tom is, is is you know why did you guys pick me you know why did why did you pick Matt Curl to be your I mean I'm just a kid from Fairbury Illinois you know born and raised you know yeah I was a successful promoter at Fairbury but why did you pick me and and Their answers were really, you know, impactful. They're like, no one, we haven't seen anybody like you be one, more hands-on with people. You're always nice, professional, clean cut. You always hold yourself to a high standard. You always work well farther than a lot of other people that we've been, you know, with. And we love what you do. You know, we love your camaraderie. We love how you talk to drivers. We just, we want to be, we want to catch you before you get bigger than us. And that was really neat, you know? And and I appreciated that, you know? So you don't take those for granted. You don't take those conversations for granted. You build on those. And so when I, when people ask me, I'm like, well, I'm still that kid from February, <laughs> you know, I'm still that person that we just had a huge fantasy draft at the new office here yesterday with all of our friends and, you know, we had so much fun and I don't, you know, nobody, you know, I'm still just macro, but it's really neat to have a, a channel that kind of driven my business sense and ownership sense and our industry and stuff. So 18 was a fantastic year. Uh, we got to the, um, throughout the year and, and then things changed, you know, I mean, the success I had in the world of outlaws, um, was, you know, people could see it. I was hands-on with a lot of things in our industry. I was, um, leading the world of outlaws into the promised land and we were having such great things and back home though, it wasn't quite the same. Uh, when I left the speedway, um, the, the races, yeah, they were good. Um, but it just, you know, I'm going to speak, you know, frankly here, just the, the, the it didn't gel. It didn't gel, you know, so like before when I was promoting in February, you know, at February and there every Saturday night, you know, I could bridge the gap between two people that maybe didn't see eye to eye on the races or, or, you know, it was, and it was only the races. I mean, that's all I did. I didn't have anything to do with the fair. It was just the races. And so I could bridge that gap. You know, I could, I could keep people together. I could make sure that, you know, decisions were being right, you know, that people were treated right and stuff. And. Throughout the 18 season, it, it changed a little bit. The speedway changed. Was there still good racing? Yes. You know, you, arguably, you know, it was a good year in 2018 for the Praetor Classic. It was still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, it had some, you know, it had some different things to it that maybe you know I wouldn't have done. But that's part of things. You know, you can't you can't always have your way on stuff. And I wasn't a part of it anymore. Um, I had offered to be an advisory in any capacity to them. And they, they really didn't want that. They wanted to kind of their own identity. You know, they wanted to see what it was like without Matt curl. And, uh, and that was fine. I mean, I had plenty to do. I mean, I was getting a lot of frequent flyer miles, traveling around the country, doing a lot of great things, with other racetracks and stuff. But, um, right after the PDC, there was just a lot of gremlins between some of my best friends that always worked there is that they just, they just weren't happy. You know, it just, it just wasn't a good place to work anymore. And it just, you know, there was some grumblings and stuff, and just
1: one year without you, and they're saying, this. And, and,
0: and 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 I don't, I'm not
1: gonna say it was just me, right? Yeah, you'll there. be just, humble,
0: yeah, yeah. Sure. Like I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, like, it's still February, you know, I mean, like, you know, so, um, and there's there's new faces in there, you know, there were some new faces when I gone, they replaced me with you know some other people and in in positions and stuff like that, and. And they were my friends and and they're still my friends, you know, and, and, you know, and they worked hard at it and you can't blame them for all the things they do. They, that was the decision process that they did with the race committee and stuff. And, and I supported that, you know, and, but the Legion was having an issue with some stuff internally. And, um, uh, the commander of the, um, Legion, Jerry Brandt, he had reached out to me and said that the Legion is, uh, they're. Um, wanting to look at options for the future of the speedway. And they want to know if I would uh, be interested in sitting down with them with, you know, helping that with what options were out there. And um, I said, okay, okay. I mean, I, I, like I said, Jerry's been a lifelong friend of mine, like everybody in February, you know, I mean, we know everybody. Mm-hmm. And how's um, was honest with them. I'm like, you know, honestly, if you're not happy, the Legion owns the fair board. I'm like, just, hire you know have the the legion hire someone outright and just have the fair board do the fair that's one option you know and they have someone run the races legion still owns everything fair separate entities yeah i mean just you just you know I, i just gave them like three or four options and honestly the last option on that was is sell the sell the grounds you know i mean if you're that unhappy about it you know sell the grounds and and have some coming in that could take you know invest their time and effort and and um you know so there was a number of options that were out there and this was after the pdc after the fair and and i didn't really see where it was gonna go i mean jerry had texted me a couple things and and just you know kind of wanted to you know some ideas on stuff but i never was really kind of i was just helping out and didn't even see anything coming and then probably around the first of september somewhere right after labor day uh I got a call and says, well, the the Legion has decided that they would like to pursue, um, you know, an option for selling the grounds and, um, you know, selling the facility, um, but we're not going to do it to anybody. And so we, I sat down with uh, Jerry and said, let's let's talk about it. And uh, the Legion said there's really only, you know, one direction that we want to go. And that's that it's done in a Fairbury way. Meaning, it's the best interest for Fairbury, best interest for the races, and best interest for the fair. So it had to meet all that criteria. And I sat down with Jerry and I'm like, in in the, the Legion executive committee, and I'm like, you're you're not going to get that if you put it on the open market. I mean, you're not going to get that Fairbury hometown person that's willing to put everything into it. You're not going to get that.
1: No chance. No some chance. Millionaire in no. yeah. another state. Tony Stewart,
0: it. or you name it. Sure. They would have come in there. They would have bought it. They would have hired a general manager, and then it's just going to be a corporate deal, right? And I said it's not going to work that way. And so, um, and so I said, um, and I said, well, let me let me take a week here. Let me let me put some stuff together. I said, you know, let me just see what's what's out there and and come back to you. So. I took a week and I worked 20 hours a day for a week putting together even a, any way I could possibly afford cuz I'm I mean I don't I'm not like super wealthy. I don't you know I mean like I'm just a working man mm-hmm. class um you know made a good pay my wife homeschooled our daughter, you know, so she didn't work and um and so how could i you know how can you afford to buy
1: so this was the conversation you and the legion were having was maybe me
0: yeah and that was probably the only way it would be sold was if it was you know through someone there's local there's going to be any hope of having any, that any fairbury any any hope of of ch- uh, of the change that they wanted that right. was going to have to come from local okay um
1: were there anyone was there anyone else in the conversation or was it was basically you because no. you're the only guy that can do this that knows racing that's from fairbury that loves like it was a clear you were at least the first option. No other options? No, no other, other option. Fairberry guys? No, nothing. Okay.
0: Nothing. And I mean, it wasn't my decision. I mean, I, all I did was one, advise them on their options. And that was just a, a passing conversation. You know, here's a list of five things you can do, you know? And, you know, then when they decided on their own what they wanted to do, and that's their decision. I mean, I had no, I'm not a part of the Legion, not in any of their decision making processes. Excuse me. They reached out to me, and so then I took that time, and I came back with a proposal to the Legion to purchase the all the grounds and the assets. It wasn't the um, the fair. It wasn't the fair corporation. It was strictly for me to purchase the assets of what's inside that fence. That's always been a fairgrounds at the Fairbury Fair forever. I mean, that's that's a big deal. The real estate. Correct. That was that was my offer to them, and then um, from there I had um, put together um, kind of a it wasn't on a napkin, but it was on a, you know a proposal um, that would and keep the um, American Legion as part of a Class B shareholder with my new corporation that I'd build. Because it needed to be a business, and that was one of the reasons why the Legion decided that it needed to go another direction was because it was getting so big. It was a nonprofit organization, and when this thing was getting so big, it was very tough for them to be nonprofit.
1: What did they do with – surely there's a huge profit coming in. You know, if it costs this much to keep the lights on and they're making this much in ticket sales, what happens with the profit?
0: Well, they invested a lot back in there, too. I mean, they did new bleachers, oh, okay. new bathrooms. They hired me full time. So they had, they had worked that. but
1: They just in, can't keep it. St-
0: I mean, but no one other than myself was working full time. So, you know, like there right. was, you know, most of them were all volunteers and they were putting their, you know, heart, you know, they were putting all their efforts into that and stuff. So but that was, you know, as a legion and the fair board, they had had some. They had some head to heads, you know, I mean, the Legion hires the fair board and the fair board runs the races in the fair. That's how it was forever. Mm -hmm. But the Legion owned it. They were the bosses, you know, they were the, the lead people. And, and, um, you know, they just, when they had some adversity with the fair board, they just, you know, they they could do what they wanted. They owned it.
1: One moment. Okay. So I'm going to let you continue on that, but just for people that don't know the Legion, what is the Legion? how many people are, are in this legion at post whatever it is yep. in fairbury Yeah
0: so the John Joda Post 54 American Legion in Fairbury I mean it has a lot of members but they have a um uh executive committee of of, of 10 people I think it is of key decision yeah, makers yeah, key decision makers so they um their bylaws um you know they they hire and fire the fairboard members you know and it's not really firing but they you know they they do that with the fair board and then, then the fair board runs it under the direction of the legion, so they're the they're the you know they're the boss
1: you know and so but as the American Legion what is that is it a, it's a it, oh, uh, yeah
0: I'm sorry it's uh um the legion is kind of like the VFW they're uh, um you know um American Legion is you know past military people um you know that are retired, you know, and they, and they come together and they provide. Um, so they do all the flags for the, um, memorials at the graveyard at the, at the cemetery.
1: It's like a club for veterans. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. A club for veterans. Like the VFW is the Legion homes. There's Legion homes all around the country. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're, that's who owns that's who owned everything. Right, and throughout. they
1: just ran out of their own decisions. They just wanted to run this racetrack, and then the racetrack started growing. And it's like, hey, this is a lot for First, us. First, it was the fair. Then, you right. know, it
0: was the fair and the races, mm-hmm. and it it became a lot for that. And so, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I really don't know about it. All I know is that they were unhappy. They came to me wanting options. I gave them options. Honestly, I was in, at the time, really, I was on top of the world because I was running the world of outlaws. You know, I had everything going for me. But when they wanted to do this, I'm like, man, I'm like, I really don't want to, you know, see Fairbury in the hands of somebody else. You know, that's honest truth. <laughs>
1: a clean car says so much about you that's why you need to head to all-american wash in fairbury from our massive bays superior lighting and undercarriage washing capabilities to our high-powered jets protective tri-gloss foam and strong vacuums you can be sure your ride will glisten like never before here at all-american wash ease of use is a top priority our carefully designed app lets you scan your phone for instant access into our automatic bay while receiving discounted rates and free birthday washes our layout lets you get right back on the road without any uncomfortable turns. And we know Americans work long, hard hours, which is why we're open 24-7 for your washing convenience. We have staff on site every weekday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. to help with anything you may need. And we even offer purified drinking water for only 25 cents a gallon. Experience the highest quality wash in Livingston County at an affordable price when you visit All-American Wash in Fairbury.
0: So... Put together a proposal, and um, um, it had the Legion invest into it. It would break apart and re um, reform a new fair board, you know. So the fair board would be new, and um, and we'd go from there, you know. And the fair board would only do the fair stuff because they they wouldn't own it. They wouldn't need to do touch the races or anything. They'd only do the fair. And I would then take the assets and then continue the Fairbury American Legion Speedway, which was the goal at the time. When we were able, when we started transitioning the ownership, this is just, you know, after the decision was made, um, the, uh, um, the National Legion Association did not want to continue that under a private. It w- I didn't have the rights to be used the American Legion name. Mm-hmm. so even though it was okayed by the state it wasn't okayed by the national that's why we had to change it to fairbury speedway but all along it, it i wanted to be fairbury american legion speedway because the fairbury american legion john joda post is still a part of my llc mm-hmm. just a, a non-voting class mm-hmm. b shareholder so basically they have first rights at buying the speedway if I were ever to sell it again. So that means it would never leave February. You know what I mean? Like I put this together for February. Mm-hmm. Um, so the proposal was, um, something that they thought was fair. And, um, they made that decision to, um, uh, unanimously to sell the, the, all the assets to my, um, LLC that I had formed. And, um, then we had to make the decision on the transitioning into the past fairboard to the new fairboard to ownership.
1: So did you have to fire all the fairboard? Well, it wasn't
0: mine. That, was, that wasn't <laughs> mine, deal. It wasn't mine. My my. But deal. the,
1: the fairboard was fired. So. To put it harshly. <laughs> it, it's
0: Harshly, yes. But that's in, – in a small town, a lot of feelings were hurt. I mean, oh, I'm sure. Like when we – That's
1: why I'm, like, kind of chuckling. Like, that had to be tough. It,
0: and it wasn't my – I mean, this was the Legion's decision. Mm-hmm. The Legion's decision was is that they wanted to reset on everything on the fair. And so, I mean, um, so Jerry Brant, the representative from the Legion, informed the fair board members that I um, will that be buying it, that it was sold – um, that they were um, releasing all the fair board members. And I even had a letter that I had written to the fair board members saying that this was 110% a business decision that I would love for all the existing federal members to um, be a part of it. If they so do so do wish, you know, to be a part of either the races, you know, or the fair, you know? Um, and then, we would go from there and reunite. I was actually in Charlotte that week for our world final, so I could not be there. But when Jerry informed the lead or the the uh, Fairborn members, the first person I called right after Jerry texted me and said it's done was I called Leroy, because I wanted him to know that it wasn't personal. That I had, I mean, him and I were friends. He hired me to be on there. I mean, like, but in a small town, that's not how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, there. You know, he showed his frustration. You know, he he questioned why and 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 still to the day he you know doesn't talk to me you know so I mean there's still there's still feelings out there and 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 that's fine I mean I understand that I mean it was tough I mean a small town and you're let go from a volunteer position
1: and the guy like you whose whole motor that's allowed all the success you've had to happen it's your heart your it, heart is your biggest asset and it that had to hurt you said you're an emotional guy <laughs> it did
0: There's a lot of people on there that were my, you know, that are still my friends, you know, and like I said, there's, there can't be when you're looking at as far as a business and stuff. Sometimes these things are in it, but in a small town, it's magnified by a million. (laughs) I mean, people, they don't, you know, they're just, people are different, you know, some people will accept and some people will not accept, Um, some people will forget, and some people won't forget, and and that's fine. You know, that's part of what makes a small town. I mean, Leroy is an integral part of Fairbury. He works at Dave's. I mean, he he he's a good person. He's
1: another name that just about everyone knows and everyone likes.
0: Absolutely. So it was a tough deal. You know, I mean, there's no question. It was a tough deal. Um, you know, the night that we put the press release out, which was the same night that the Legion let the Fair Board go, um, there was a lot of people in Fairbury that were mad at me there is a lot of people that were um, upset with me for what they thought I did and, you know, what I, you know, was going to do. And, you know, they thought that I had an ulterior motive. And, yeah, I had to really kind of sit back and kind of be like, well, let's let this play out and then we'll see where we go from there.
1: How did that feel to have that, that reaction? Was tough. And what would you do, too? That was tough.
0: Um, social media at that time is pretty much as strong as it is now. Um, And when people, you know, they, they'll, they'll throw stones like that, you know, they'll throw, you know, dissatisfaction, you know, they'll, you know, and and whenever, no matter what the situation is, whenever someone talks bad about you, you you know, you can kind of brush it off, but you're always going to feel it. You know, I mean, any any time, you know, like, oh yeah, the Paul Garcia show, you know, thumbs down. I mean, that's that's gonna hurt, you know. Right. Even you might not. I you might brush like, it off. I
1: d- like factually, <laughs> I don't care. Your opinion doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I even know who you are. Yeah. You're, I shouldn't care what you think. I still hear the words and I process them.
0: And in Fairbury, though, when this happened, though, there was a lot of people in Fairbury that were, you know, I mean, these are some of the people that I had grown up with, you know, that worked at the fair board, you know, and other times, yeah. And, and it was a big decision for Fairbury. You got to remember that this has been until 2000, January 1st of 2019. Before then, everything prior was run voluntarily by a fair board and the Legion forever. I mean, those grandstands are 130 years old. We had 145th annual Fairbury Fair. I was shaking up Fairbury. I mean, that's what was happening. But when I sat to do this, I knew in my heart, that we were going to be great. I knew in my heart that just let this play out. I couldn't get wrapped up in people not liking me or not believing in me or whatever the case was. I had to prove it on the outside of what it was going to be. So it was, it was extremely tough. Um, before that even happened, I had to sit down in Tom Dury's office and tell him I'm resigning. And so, from the world of the Outlaws, same year
1: that you accepted it, right?
0: It's a, it was a tough, it was a long year. I am so glad that we're almost four years into this new February Speedway deal because it is now kind of been like a level <laughs> type of business. You know, I mean, it was a roller coaster for me, but everything, <laughs> everything was better. You know, honestly, if you think about it, from. 2013. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Yeah. I,
1: the only reason I'm laughing is because you ticked off a lot of people. Even though it, wrongly, they should be shouldn't be mad at you. You ticked off a lot of people in Fairbury because you were coming back, and because you had such a good heart that you want to come back to Fairbury and help the Speedway. And then you're probably also ticking off the world of outlaws who just made your dream come true in hiring you that same year. You're saying you're leaving to come back, and it's like. Do were they mad at you as well? The one
0: thing about the world of outlaws is that they're they're a professional company, you know. So like they understand a little. They're more. like Tom's, like you serious? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like yeah. So, but they they understood more than anybody. Mm. You know, I mean, I was a hometown boy, you know, and I told Tom, I'm like, if it wasn't for this, this is probably the last piece in my puzzle there's no question is, let I me mean, look what I build. I build a million dollar building. You know I mean? I'm investing into Fairbury. And so, you know, he, they understood more than anybody, you know, but it was the people at home that was like very loud, you know, and, and there's, you know, people that's like, well, give them a chance. You know, you don't know what's going to go on, you know? So a lot of things transpired. Um, I finished off, I actually went all the way to April of, of 19 working with the World of Outlaws of transiti- Transition, their new series director, Casey Schumann. And then we got to work right away um, at, in 2019 with uh, with the new business. And that's the biggest thing, the transition is from volunteers to business now. So we we pay everybody, everything's accountable. It goes through, you know, accountants and lawyers and LLC. I have an LLC. Um, you know, the ownership, I have an, um, I have an advisory board and I have a financial board, you know, I mean, I have, I have put those things in place for me to be successful in February. Mm. And, um, you know, so we went to work in 19 and... I invested a lot of money in new bleachers in the pits, you know the new building um we've we 've invested into races we've invested into the town, the school boys and girls club, the legion I mean we have been able to pr- provide a lot of resources you know that wasn't the case before we started the business. Um, one thing that has really followed me through the last decade is the people that truly knew me and knew where we were going, they knew we were going to be good. It's just we had to get off to a good start. We had to get strong. And I have a lot of resources in our country, in, in our industry. Um, I know a lot of big-time corporate sponsors, but I didn't let them come in and like just bulldoze our, our local people. If you look at our PDC, it's still title sponsored by the Bank of Pontiac.
1: Oh, you see ISRA. all these signs along the exactly. side of the track. I mean, Fairbury Furniture. A lot of the same yeah, people that sponsor my show. Absolutely. You see they, their names in bigger print. On Absolutely, the side of the track.
0: and so for them to sponsor, I mean, in in the past, before we became a business, it was easy for uh, a business to sponsor the fair because it was a nonprofit. It's ten times harder to go to a place like KS Ford and David and Kitty Trudinik and say, "Hey, will you spend money at the Fairway Speedway?" Because inevitably, it's going to my business. So you have to make sure that you're doing them a good service, that you are providing them with. Whatever that package is in marketing, that you are using those resources in the best way possible for them to be able to do that. And we are at an all-time high with people supporting the Fairbury Speedway. So there has to be
1: something in it for them. Correct. What you're saying. Yeah.
0: I mean, they love to support the Speedway because it does support Fairbury. So in essence, it's still coming back into the town. But if somebody – I mean, like I see promoters all around the country that are looking at it just to make a buck to put in their own pocket. But I am – I mean – I'll be honest with you. There was a tweet that went out at the PDC that was, uh, they called me greedy and I am I was mad because that's not the case. I mean, I'll give the shirt off my back. I'll give, I mean, like that is the last thing that I am. And that's not, and I don't feel like that's fair, you know, you know, so it, it, it had to do with the PDC and, you know, we just, you know, weren't shit, you know, like we were like gobbling, up, gobbling up all the, you know, um, money that people are bringing in. And I'm like, You know how much money Fair money comes into February that year? In two thousand in two thousand twenty-one, which was to date the biggest PDC because this year we were down just a smidgen with with prices and stuff, economy. But in two thousand and twenty-one, we had twenty-nine vendors on the grounds for the PDC, meaning food vendors, t shirt trailers, twenty-nine total for (laughs) for the PDC. And they grossed one million dollars in cash sales for two nights
1: one million dollars in cash were spent at the pdc that's how
0: much money came in just on my grounds can you imagine what was at casey's and dairy queen and the hardware store and just coming in and tax dollars and kilgis's i mean like people come to Fairbury. it is now the pdc is now an event it's not just a race pdc yes it's typically you know it's technically a race but it's an event now we open the doors on wednesday we had a small singer on Wednesday night. Brought more people in. We small had, singer.
1: Yeah. Wait, who was it?
0: Well, I mean, we had entertainment on. We had entertainment on uh, Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and then Thursday night we had uh, Dirty Grass Souls band, which they're going to be big someday. So we brought more people in on Thursday than we've ever brought in, and then we had our two nights of racing, and so this year we were right just right at seventy five hundred people for the week for, on Saturday night. and
1: Wait, wait. I'm so sorry. 7,500 people came to the races?
0: They were in my grounds on Saturday night at the PDC. 7,500 people.
1: 7,500 people. And that's the city of <laughs> 3, the town of Fairbury, 3,800. Yeah. And then and we 75 had, were in your, on your real estate. Inside the grounds.
0: They were in the grandstands watching that feature on Saturday night.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: So, like... That's just how, I mean, that comes in, spends that money. They're spending it everywhere else, too. It's a big weekend for Fairbury. Plus, Pontiac hotels were full, uh, Chinoa, even Gilman. Gilman had people, they were bringing people over there for hotels on, you know, there's only 25 minutes away or whatever. Because Fairbury is not the, you know, no hotels, you know, so they have to go stay somewhere. Plus, we had nearly 600 campers in Fairbury. So, I mean, it's built into an event. So as far as, you know, getting back to, um, you know, the, the assets of the Speedway and, and what we, we, you know, we're investing into the town. And so, you know, there's, um, it's been a a good transition. It's been a good way for us to get to where we're at now. And we're, we're not going to stop here. We're going to continue to invest in the grounds. We're going to invest in a new bleachers. We're going to, um, invest into roads for the campers. So we don't have as much mud, you know, from the rains and stuff. And we're, you know, and we, we love being a part of helping out the school and the boys and girls club and the Legion and the Shriners children's hospital that we do the golf outing for. I mean, we've, we've raised over a hundred thousand, um, in the Shriners in just the last number of years. Um, the MDA for muscular dystrophy with Oscar, I mean, he's at 130000 now since we've, you know, got going with that. So the resources that we're being able to provide from our platform of the Speedway is, is we're re- really just starting.
1: No, and I've got to tell you this, because what's most fascinating about this conversation, one of the fascinating aspects of it is that people were mad at you for a while. Some people <laughs> might not even like you it was it it was change it 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 was was the change
0: it was the change right i mean they didn't know what the fair was going to look like i mean a lot of people don't even know that i don't even have anything to do with the fair other than i leased my whole entire grounds and equipment to the fair board and the fair association for no cost like i don't get a dime for the fair Mm -hmm. And then we partner up with the Fair – I partner up with the Fair Corporation for all the vending.
1: And this is so, a lifetime deal, isn't it? Yes, it's like they yes. will – as long as the races are still there. As long as
0: I own it, they get that, that – that lease is 0% for every year. And then if I ever sell it, the Legion gets first rights editing back in their own pocket again. So, like, it's not going to go to someone outside of
1: Fairbury. Right. And I just want to tell you, though, that it's so interesting hearing that some people are upset with you. Wrongly, I believe, but still – you said it's an event. It's not just an event. It's the biggest event in Fairbury. Easy. There's a reason that on the Welcome to Fairbury sign, there's a big old race car on a dirt track right at the bottom. It is from my... You probably have people telling you this all the time, but I know the people of Fairbury very well. Everyone loves the races. Yeah. It's the pride of Fairbury. It's incredible. For the past few years of my life, especially when I lived in Fairbury at my, with my dad, when we would be outside and we'd just hear... From a mile away, the crowd erupt. We would see the clouds glowing with light because there's so much light at the fairgrounds, fireworks at the fairgrounds. Everyone the, for the weekend, for a few days even, because now it's a multi-day event. The morale of Fairbury was electric. People saw new people driving around. Businesses were putting signs out front. People were having garage sales. It's an incredible time. It's the most special time of year. Bold statement, but it's easily true. It's the most special time of year in Fairbury, the Prairie Dirt Classic. The population of Fairbury more than, much more than doubles. That alone is insane. It's incredible. Everyone's posting on Facebook about it. Whenever I meet people here in Normal or anywhere in Illinois – I talk about Fairbury, and it's either – some will know Dave's, but most people know that's where the dirt track racing, right? Prairie Dirt Classic. It's incredible. That's how I connect everyone to Fairbury is the Prairie Dirt Classic. So it's more than special. It's the pride of Fairbury. And I just want to tell you that on behalf of everyone in Fairbury that, well, thank you. Thank you for such a special thing.
0: Well, and and I'm very – humbled by that you know i mean i um i can't leave out there's so many people that make it happen though it's not just me yeah i have great ideas you can thank a few yeah and i do i mean believe me i want to i mean like i have to think honestly all the past fair board members you know going back prior to when i purchased it i mean i was part of that you know a volunteer and, and track official i mean they they set a great groundwork I mean, they did. I mean, it wasn't like I picked something up from the dead, you know. It was, <laughs> right. you know. I mean, I just, I just made it better, you know. I just, I knew that I had more resources. I knew that I had more knowledge and more time, and I could invest into it. And I, I knew where we could go with it, you know. And, you know, so somebody that's been instrumental with me since the time I really got into promoting has been Gunner Sullivan. Um, Everybody knows Gunner. He's been there a lot longer than I have, honestly. Like his name's synonymous for a lot of the reserve seating, camping stuff. He's a guru on social media. You know, he just – he's a great guy. You know, he has been a big part of the Fairbury Speedway for a number of years, and uh, I was really fortunate last year I was able to hire him full-time. So to have him on my team now every single day is just incredible. Um, He brings so much to the Speedway. Um, which is fantastic. And we've had a lot of people associated with, you know, our speedway. Um, Carrie Perkins is my executive secretary. She works part-time for me here and there. It does all our ticketing stuff. And then, uh, Roger Stryker, who I have him as a full-time employee on my staff. He, um, he wasn't even, he's not even really from Fairbury, but, um, he has been instrumental now that he's on our team and he's, he just moved up here a couple of years ago and his heart's all in. I mean, people come in and want to be a part of my team. They're buying into our our the Speedway stuff. I love being a leader. I love leading, you know, um, our team. Um, I don't micromanage. Anybody that knows me is like, here you go, run with it. You know, and uh, and I'll look from, you know, afar and I'll, I'll see how things run. And we might make some changes here and there, but I, I'll, there's nothing I won't do for my team. You know, if my so one of my team members is putting in a corner, I'm going to be fighting out for him. And they see that. And so our team, you know, we've had great people. You know, Chad Bowman, who ran, you know, is a good friend of mine, and he worked on the track for a number of years. I mean, he's, you know, changing some jobs, and, you know, he's in and out and stuff. But there's so many people like Chad that are still working with me. Um, we've got – I probably have three or four past Fair Board members that were on that um, – that list of people that were let go that are back on my team, you know, because they, they believe in Fairbury. They believe in what I did. There were friends and, and, and they understood that it was business. That's nice to hear. Yeah. I mean, and, and stuff. So we've, we've, we have a team. My team is arguably the best in the country and I've been around the country so I can, I can tell people this and people, you know, they're like, well, that, that's a pretty bold statement, you know, you got a little chip on your shoulder, but I only do because of the performance that our team does. I mean, we have our tower, which is we got Mike Norris, one of the best announcers in the country. He's going over to Eldora this year or this week to announce with the top announcers in the country. At the
1: World 100? Correct. Biggest, most elite race in the country. He's
0: going to be one of their four announcers. I mean, so that shows how good Fairbury has it with our team. So we got Mike, his wife Tara. Ashley Sneerly and Chad Bazell on my tower. They're fantastic. When you have a nucleus of those people that are doing all our timing and scoring and driver interaction, I mean, that's how we lead. We have great officials in the infield. We have great registration people, all our ticket takers and our security. I mean, I had right at 100 people work in the PDC. I, I had 100 people on my staff for for the weekend. And it all is from car parkers to concession workers to security to you name it. We were, you know, people selling ice now. You know, we're doing that. You know, we've we've been able to build, but every one of those people that we have as part of our team is part of my family. I call it the Falls family. We don't put staff on our back for our shirts. We put crew. or part of a team. And honestly, when I talk about I don't do it for accolades, every time I accept one, it's our team. Our team did this because if I don't have – those people in place, then we aren't going to get those awards. So, it's it's a team effort, and I feel like that's what's made Fairbury Speedway head and shoulders everybody because no one, like I have an open door policy. If you got a wedding to go to or whatever, go to it. You know, I'm like I, I'm, I'm like I'm like that boss. You know, I'm like, have fun. You know, we we'll, we have other people to step right in your place. You know, it's that heart. It's that it heart is.
1: that you have. You care yeah. for people. Yeah,
0: you care for their families. You care for everything. You know, I mean. Um, You know, people will reach out on social media, you know, and they'll say, hey, you know, I mean, we, you know, we're, you know, we have a, a granddaughter that's going through some cancer. Would you be able to donate some tickets? I mean, I donated like $2,000 worth of tickets last year <laughs> just for people that, are, you know, might need a little bit of money for their family or something. You know, I donate some race tickets so they can auction them off or whatever. I mean, race parties, you know, whatever I can do. And that fits in our mold. I do.
1: And it's so cool because that kind of comes back full circle to the beginning of this conversation when you said that it's because so many people have helped you in your early life that you're so willing to give back. Great leadership,
0: you know, and then I think the biggest, you know, probably, you know, there's been a lot of instrumental people that have allowed me to get to this point, but none other than my wife. I mean, how many wives are going to let you change jobs in like four years straight? You know, I mean, how did, we didn't even know what the direction was going to look like. You know, went from a long career in the golf course industry to then I'm going to add promoter to that list and do two jobs for four years. Then I'm going to get back on and do just promoter duties. Then I'm going to go on the road for 20 months. Then I'm going to own our own business. I mean, that's not easy to do as a family. Um, so. You know, I got to put a lot of, you know, thanks and love and support from her because she's gone through a lot. You know, she's taken care of our daughter, Jesslyn She's held down our you know house. She homeschools our daughter. Uh, you know, she's as big as rock as I have, you know, and it, there's a lot of ups and downs in relationships when you're on the road like that and stuff. So, you know, we're we're still, you know, as good as we've ever been. And we're, uh, you know, looking for a great future. So it's Ooh. exciting.
1: They say, say behind every good man's a great woman. Seems to be the case here. <laughs> She's strong. You I want to ask you a small question and then an important question as we get towards the end of this conversation. First one, people want to know, where do we rank? as? Fa- where does the town of Fairbury's dirt track event, where does that rank among the nation's dirt track events?
0: It's tough because it's tough to put a number on it. So I'm just going to say that we are in an elite status. If, um, so there's only... I would say that we are in a handful. You have the world 100. You have the dream. um, There's the north-south. There's, you know, there's what's considered crown jewels in our industry. And I believe that we have a top five crown jewel in the country right here in February, I really do. And people will back that up. Yeah.
1: Gets me fired up.
0: Yeah, people will back that up because, I mean, our results have said that. You know, our our results, uh, our event – the atmosphere we have for that event, the things that we're doing, I mean, the fireworks and the racing and the, the concerts and stuff, I mean, all that stuff together makes us one of the top five races in the country, and I'm really, really proud of that. Our team is really, really proud of that.
1: It's funny because I'm proud of that, and I have nothing to do with racing. People get motivated. I mean, that's the
0: thing. Like, when I talk to people around Fairbury, they're not real big race fans. I tell them what's going on and all this stuff. They're like, man, we need to get out there. And, you know, so we have a really neat Falls Cup stuff that we do um, with our weekly racing stuff. Um, We have sponsors that come in and do the Falls Cup stuff, and we give away quite a few tickets to those. And one thing I try to do is if you've never been to the Fairbury Speedway, I want to try to get you there. I want to, try. so we give a lot of way free tickets so I can get you there the first time. Then I hope we put together a product that you won't want to miss another race. That's how, that's where it's good for me is when you come there, we wine, yeah, you know, we, we dine, yeah, you have good food there and we watch great races and they're like, man, I want to go back. That's fun. So that's my, that's my philosophy is get new people to the speedway people that may never even seen a race car on a racetrack no matter what age they are and buy them into it and then they're going to come to fairbury and they're going to spend money and they're going to be part of you know the town of fairbury's family
1: (laughs) yeah that's exactly what the owner of the ufc dana white says he's like look we're just trying to get you in there and once you're in there you're in there for a long time because you'll love it and that's what it is at the at the speedway yeah People get there, it's electric. I've never heard anyone say that's It's kind of lame there. Yeah. No one says that. It's unbelievable. It's electric if you live within a mile yeah. of the dirt racetrack. It's incredible. Last question here, though, for you. For people that are watching this, especially from Fairbury, what can we expect for the future, the next few years of the Fairbury Speedway? What, what's it going to look like? What goals do you have?
0: Yeah, that's a, a great question, and definitely um – we're excited about the future. We just finished up our new office complex that we built uh, on the grounds um, this May, and um, I, I do want to I do want to mention that when building that that office complex, that we put in all the resources, all the building came locally. We did everything. When I say local, we had all the business local. We provided local. We had business con- local business contractors. I invested that money right back into February with that building. I did not go out of a. I would say everything local.
1: Consolidated Building Center, who Edelman Electric or something, where they worked. Yeah, we, like- we had
0: Popejoy's. Um, um, uh, we had the new. We had Alexander's at the time. They moved over, you know, into new ownership out there. But we had so many people throughout the, the, the February, um, Eddie Ricketts, Tom share. I mean, just uh, you know, is if we could, if they were a sponsor or they were local, we, we, somehow we try to invest them, in, you know, get them invested in the speedway and stuff. So having that, there was a big part of now what we can do in the future. So, you know, we're going to host some little things in our hospitality area and, we're doing some renovations. Um, we're trying to grow with the fair. Uh, as part of uh, me owning the Fairbury Speedway, I have to have a seat on the fair board. So we're, you know, we're gonna do some upgrades on that, and we're gonna keep building on that. But as far as the speedway stuff, I've already been working on our 23 race schedule, and it arguably could be one of the biggest schedules in the country with races that we're putting together. Um, we're we're gonna invest into some more bigger shows but we're also going to invest into our smaller shows and keep the gate mission still affordable so a person can still come i mean it's been ten dollars to get into fairbury speedway for decades mm-hmm. and we want to still try to keep that local ten dollar you know deal we want to keep it affordable kids 12 and under are free you know we need to get that kids out there you know there's a lot of those things so the more and more resources i can bring in from around the country to help those events the better we're going to be off to and our local sponsors to, to better off keeping those prices down. But we already kind of uh, got off the ground a little bit with the Scotty McCreary concert this year. We had uh, we had that concert in May this year. That was insane. It was awesome. And then awesome.
1: John Montgomery came to the Fairbury Fair. Yeah, like, yeah, so huge the teenager. fair does a
0: concert, and then Ooh. I did my own private concert um, that we did in May with Scotty McCreary, and that was fantastic. We had 2,500 people there. And uh, right now it's what's really cool is um, I'm in negotiations with um, – my management company down in Nashville. And I'm just about ready, probably this week, to put an offer in on two different artists. So uh we're gonna Can nick- you
1: tell us who they are? Ah, now. I can't
0: do that. Yeah, oh. I can't, I know. I'd love to, but they're we're gonna take another step up. So where the PDC, you know, grew and grew and grew year after year, Sky Career was perfect. But people did not realize that I had a hundred and eight thousand dollars into that event. That's my own money, hundred and eight thousand. You know, so you have to have people that come. You know, you have to be able to pay the bills. I didn't make very much money that night. I think I made like six thousand dollars, like total, if you just P and L sheet just one straight event. But I mean, so now I want to take another step. So you can just imagine. You know, we're 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 not going to come backwards. You know, we're going to go forward. So
1: who the heck? Okay, you know, I'm well, saying that's like incredible, so. Though. Yeah, so like there's going to be Scott McCree is huge. He <laughs> is
0: really good. So I mean. Huh. We'd love to get, you know, as we look forward, you know, there's definitely a group of artists that are around the, you know, that don't come around through the area a lot, but that would fit really good with Fairbury. So, you know, we're looking at mm. different artists like Cole Swindell and Jake Owen and diff- just different guys like that that was, is you know, continuing to put out big hits in the country. I mean, we're definitely a country area. You oh, know, for sure. I mean, no, Conservative no, Christian yeah, country. No one will be very good with Snoop Dogg. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I would definitely want to take one more, you know, keep on doing our one concert a year on there, have a great race program, and then kind of make sure that we just define our grounds as being immaculate, keeping our grass mowed and, and keeping everything sharp and painting things and, you know, always keeping things fresh. So want to make it really respective and make it look good. I, I know I get a lot of people that say, man, the grounds look fantastic. because We put a lot of pride in those. Um, you know, we have... Um, just a lot of people that make it happen so I'm super excited and the future is certainly bright in Fairbury.
1: Oh my gosh. Matt, what you've done for the town of Fairbury and Dirt Track Racing as big of a thing as that is to say, I mean you've done a lot for that whole world, the industry Dirt Track Racing's on the rise, I see it on TV at the gym now, what is that all about? And it's just amazing to come from Fairbury. You give a lot of people a lot of reasons to be proud to come from that town and Man, thank you so much for the conversation today. Thank you for doing what you do. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Paul. It's been a fantastic day, and uh, like I said, the, the future's bright.
1: Sweet, man. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Paul Garcia Show. That was Matt Curl. God bless, and have a great week.